Great to be here this morning, Merlin. Uh, my name is James Anderson. I'm the CEO and chairman of Guanajuato Silver. Uh, we're very fortunate to have today with us uh, one of our directors and our chief operating officer, Hernan Dorado. Hernan uh, runs the whole operation here in Guanajuato, Mexico. Uh, for some of your listeners who may not have followed our progress last year, um, we purchased the El Cubo mine and mill in Guanajuato, Mexico. It is a silver and gold mining operation. We purchased that from Endeavor Silver for about $15 million. We refurbished the mill. We started um, mining again in August. We started the plant back up in September. We had first sales of concentrate in October. And we're very proud of all of those milestones because it's very rare that a mining company can put something back into production over a six month period. And it's very, very rare that a mining company can be on track, on time, on budget. We kept saying that all the time last year. And sometimes Merlin, if you say something over and over and over again, it actually happens. So um, that's what we did. Um, uh, and that's that's the, the nuts and bolts of our company. We're trying to uh, continue to ramp up production uh, and happy to take any of your questions about uh, the, the operation or the company. James, thank you very much for the introduction. Uh, pleasure to meet you, um, Hernan. Pleasure to meet you as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I, you're a relatively new company, and I know very little about it. You know, here, here we are, El Cubo. Uh, it, it's less than a year now since you bought it. Is that right? It is. We signed the definitive agreement in April of last year. Yeah. Wow. So, um I'm going to want to talk about what you're going to be planning to do in terms of the exploration and the asset at the moment. But let's just let's just could we just um, from my understanding, kind of can you orientate me in terms of your your operation? I, I, you've got three operating phases at the moment, or three operational areas that are feeding one central plant. Is that right? I'm going to let Hernan take uh, all of um, those questions um, because, uh, as I said before, he's smarter than I am. Hey, hello, James. Uh, thank you for throwing me under the bus, but it's okay. <laughs> so, yes, we have, we have three different ore sources at the mine. We have the Villalpando mine, uh, the Santa Cecilia mine, and the Pinguico mine. All the three, uh, the Villalpando mine is uh, where the plant, the Tajo plant is located, the processing plant. The Santa Cecilia is, uh, mine is located uh, two kilometers from, from the plant, and the Pinguico mine is located eight kilometers from the mine. So, the plant. So, so, so one at the plant, one two kilometers and one eight kilometers. Yes. And you're processing 30,000 tons per month on average. Is that right? Yes, that is the average of 30,000 tons per month. So 1,000 tons per day, it's, it's, it's not a huge amount. And is it coming roughly one third, one third? No, it, it comes one third, one third, but the, the feed is uh, it's variable depending on the campaigns and the, and the, and the availability of the, of the ore. The beauty of this is the, capa the, the capacity of the plant is uh, 45,000 tons a month. And we are keeping at 30,000. Our mantra is quality, not quantity. So in that moment, we can, we can start playing with the amount of ore that, that we're receiving. Uh, because El Pinguico, for example, is a low-hanging fruit. It's just right there. And we can put up to 1,500 tons a day if we want. Uh, with Villalpando and Santa Cecilia, that they're underground mines uh, with the richer values, uh, the, the, that we, we cannot flood the mill with uh, with that amount of ore. So that is what we can, we keep this balance. So it's uh, but in the average, it's 30,000 30, tons a month. Why do you describe el pinguito as the as the kind of the, the low hanging fruit? Is it high grade? Is it bigger, bigger thicknesses? Have you got more development headings? You know what makes it easier for you, or kind of the the the, the, the better option for you? Yeah, for the Pinguico, uh, the Pinguico surface is stockpile. 
it holds up to before we start processing. It was 185,000 tons. And that is uh, what we call it low-hanging fruit because it's just an excavator to put in a truck and there you go. Uh, so the, the, the mining cost is uh, probably less than $5 in that range. So, and uh, it's uh, the amount of trucks that you can put there is the amount of feed that you can put into the mill. And is the, is the ore at Santa Cecilia and Villapando and El Pinguico all the same kind of material? Is it, I mean, you, you, um, I, I tend to think in, sorry, you produce your numbers in terms of silver equivalent, don't you? But there's a, yeah. there's a kind of, there's quite a yes. major gold component. Yes, 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 yes. So it's silver equivalent, but we have a gold and silver in the three different areas. Uh, the three different uh, ore sources become from the, the same matrix. At the end there, what, what I said to James in the metallurgical side, they dance together. They have their constraints for sure, like every single material, uh, but they dance together. So that is the beauty of this, that we can blend the three materials at, at the same time uh, with the right proportions. And we got a really good recoveries and really good grade on the concentrate. If I can just add a little bit to that, Merlin, just to complement what, what Hernan was saying. Um, the, these are all epithermal systems. They're all they're all you know reasonably high grade um, um, quart, quartz based epithermal systems. Very you know typical for this part of the uh, this part of Mexico. Um, at Santa Cecilia, though, the um, the veins that we're targeting are transverse. They they run at about ninety degrees to the main northwest structures at Villa Pando, and for whatever reason, they are higher in gold content proportionately than the other deposits. So that makes them just a little bit different. And depending on how much Santa Cecilia material we put through, um, rather than sort of a value proposition that's 60% silver and 40% gold, all of a sudden we're, we're kind of 50-50. Um, one, just one other point um, regarding that 30,000 average you know, tons per month, as, as Hernan was uh, describing, you know, sometimes we've been campaigning this material and sometimes we've been blending the material. And one of the things that, I, that I'm very excited about, because our, our team is very experimental, they like to try different things. We can, um, and, and we've been doing that through this whole process, um, but it's, and we're having good success with that, but it is one of the issues you know, regarding uh, explaining that to the market. So the, the average of 30,000 tons, where exactly does that come from? Um, Hernan used the word variable. I think that's exactly the right word. Are you, um, are you, kind of um, blending it on a conscious basis, you know, are you, are you, when you're talking about kind of the experimentation, are you saying, oh, we're going to try and kind of do more development headings here? Um, uh, we're going to try and get a higher proportion from the gold rich zones over there. Do you kind of do the reconciliation on a, I mean, I, rather, how far ahead do you plan the reconciliation and the kind of the, the, the blending? Is it kind of week by week or month by month? No, the, that, re that reconciliation is done in a, in a bi-weekly basis. And uh, also at the end of the month, when we cut the circuit and we close the circuit, we do the final reconciliation as well. So we do, do, two, we do two reconciliations uh, a month. If we have to put another material because the geologist found something that it was like low-hanging fruit in there, uh, we put it through the system and we do a small campaign on that one. But that is what we do, uh, Merlin. It's uh, every bi-week, we just uh, try to, 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 to reconcile what we're doing. And then, and then at the end of the month, we close the circuit and we reconcile everything that has been through the system. So we can put the equipment in maintenance for one, two days, three days, depending on the, on the, on the preventive maintenance uh, schedule. And in that moment, we have that reconciliation because we have the concentrate in our hands. 
and in that moment we can just trace back uh, the 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 grades, uh, recoveries, and everything to do with the campaigns that we do with the different ores. Every time that we have a new different ore, a new different kind of a material that we haven't tested for one area, the one different vein, we just put it through the system by itself. So we have that really good understanding of the, how it's behaving by itself. And then, but prior to that, we have our metallurgical team doing a metallurgical investigation. So we have the scheme so we can put it into the plant. As soon as we do the, 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 industrial, the industrial trial or the industrial uh, test, in that moment, we start blending with other different materials, with the one vein or the other vein or the pinguico. So we can start just doing that and find the, the sweet spot. All the metallurgical team perform those tests, but as you know, the lab are optimum conditions. And the plant, it's a, it's a bulk one with a, not, not optimal conditions sometimes. And that's the, but that is where, where it's going to be uh, working and behaving. So that, that is the process that we know normally. Do you have the same mining methods on each of your uh, mining areas? Is it all sub-vertical, long hole, open stoping or, or whatever? So I don't even know what you do. We, two, we have two different mining methods. One is the mechanized cut and fill, where the veins are over two and a half meters, two to two and a half meters. If, if the veins are below two meters, in that moment we use Risu. So we are more uh, selective. Sorry, um, explain that to me. I'm, I'm such a, I'm a hopeless mining engineer. Oh, okay, Risu, Risu is when you, uh, it's like the cut and fill. You have your, uh, your access, you take only the, the rich material, let's say like the, the one meter that it pays and has the high grade. And then as soon as you take that one, you blast the walls, the hang wall and the foot wall. So is your fill for the next lift and so on. Interesting. So you can you can actually mine one meter vein material without dilution. Yes, with with no dilution. That I wish uh, I could okay. do that. It's okay. uh, operational dilution of a uh, ten fifteen yeah. percent, the normal one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's it, it's so you can take out material um because um I, I've got in my head that kind of mechanized mining you need 2.2 meters more or less as a as your as your minimum mining width. But what you're saying is that with with hand um, equipment and skilled miners, you can pull out one material, one one meter material, and yes. keep the, keep the grade more or less kind of with its integrity. Yes, yes. So that that is that is part of a lot of the of working in the narrow veins. And in Mexico, we have a lot in Guanajuato in particular. We have a lot of experienced miners over five hundred years of mining history that they know and they they can smell the high grade, you know. So we have the geologist team, we have our procedures, and the, the guys, they do it pretty well. And it's pretty interesting because sometimes the vein that goes one meter, it goes to two and a half meters, three meters. So in that moment, you switch from resu to, to mechanized kind of fill, and then probably two cuts, and then it's pinching again, and then you go back to resu. And that is, that, that is the beauty of this cut uh, and fill and resu because you can blend it at the, as soon as you're in the face. Yeah, what, what, what I was going to add... Um... Uh, you know, that, that this is really very much the mantra of our company and, and really one of the reasons why we got this uh, outstanding asset for such a small amount of money. We paid $15 million for El Cubo the last time that it changed hands and Endeavor, Endeavor paid $200 million for this asset in 2012. And then they spent about $35 million building the plant that we've just refurbished. Now, what they wanted to do, and they built the plant too big, really, for, the, for El Cubo, the mine, right? So they were trying to run 45,000, 50,000 tons a month through there. So when you try and do that on a, on a typical high grade narrow vein system in Mexico, well, you're gonna take a lot of dilution. Their average uh, stope width was about 2.4 meters. 
Well, that's on an average vein that's 1.4 meters. So obviously you're going to be moving a lot of material, putting a lot of material through the, the plant. And what's very important is sending a whole bunch of material to the tailings facility that doesn't need to be taken. As Hernan pointed out, um, you know, Mexican miners are the best narrow vein miners in the world. Um, they're very good at what they do. I, I always like to say well, on the weekends, Canadians go and play hockey for fun. Mexicans go underground and go mining. Um, you know, and we, you know, we have a, a mantra that we'll, we will be more selective. Grades will be better. Uh, our cost per ton will likely go up somewhat in comparison to the, the previous operator. But our cost per ounce, we feel, is going to be, be significantly better, and that will drive profitability. Well, um, and you, you, I, I don't know if it's public information yet, but I think in your PEA, you were talking about cost per ounce being just under $10 per ounce, $9.45 or something. Are you on track? Are you seeing, I, I know that there's inflation rife in energy costs are going up and labor costs and reagent costs and everything. So I'd be surprised if you're on track, but you know, is it, it, it I'll, 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 I'll take the first crack at that and then, and then um, we'll, we'll let Hernan uh, um, talk about some of the details. So in these PEA documents, um, you know, as you know, they're, they're from 25,000 feet looking at an operation, you know, not, not on the back of an envelope, but I don't know, on the back of a very big envelope, right? Yeah. Some of the numbers are too high. Some of them are too low. Also in that document, they felt that we, that we were going to need, I believe the number was $24 million in CapEx to return uh, El Cubo into production. We ended up doing that for about a third of that money. So, you know, that number was too high. I think the $9.42 for operating costs per ounce of silver equivalent is too low. I mean, yep. in, in, our, in our model, we never quite get there, right? Um, what we, in our model, in our internal model, we drive those costs down to about $12 over the next 12 months or so. Uh, Ernan, you want to add some color to that? Yeah, no, totally. I agree with James. That is, uh, it's uh, 25,000 feet above the ground and... Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, hey, come on, guys. But the reality is what James is saying. At this point, what we're shooting is to have this to, to, between 12 to $13 the, the ounce in that for the next 12 months. And the, we are pushing to get there. And we're, I believe we're on track to get there. It's, uh, as, as, as we just mentioned, we just uh, purchased the operation. And we're operating. We're in that, that this stabilization mode. But we're confident that we're going to get there because we have the resources and we have the team. And... Um, you know, I haven't even checked what the silver price is today. Where are we? Where has it? Has it I love um, it when it's 24. 24, yeah, 24, dollar, $24 handle, much, much, much better than 23 and way better than 22. Well, it also makes the maths easier if your if your um, operating cost is 12. You know, if it helps a simple geologist, it's, it's really useful. Right. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but... Um, <clears throat> You know, in, in a sense, that's an operating costs, and you've got all of the, the, the corporate stuff and you've got a kind of the expansion. But um, really what, what, you, what you want this to be is kind of a steady state cash generating enterprise. Totally, totally. Hernan, you want to say anything about that? Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, uh, we want to create that certainty for the shareholders, but for the people that works in here and everyone. It's a... Uh, that gives that consistency of uh, jobs for the Mexicans, for the people, for everyone, and uh, confidence to the shareholders as well. In a, in a business, Merlin, that's um, you know, often erratic in nature, 
you know, what we're really trying to do is to build a, a sustainable business and sustainable environmentally, sustainable, you know, from a, from a mining perspective. We don't want to try and take too much of the material out of this epithermal system too quickly, because as you know, it, it's very difficult then to, to stay in front of it in terms of new discovery and in terms of, um, of putting more material uh, into, into a, a resource category. So we want to do it in a, in a manner that's, that's very sustainable. People have been mining at El Cubo, you know, on and off, but mostly on for about 200 years. And, you know, we think that so long as we don't ask the mine to deliver too much too quickly, we'll be there. The, 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 the PEA suggests a seven-year mine life with what we've got right now. I mean, you know, what, what, the way that we look at it, this El Cubo will be producing silver and gold material for another 50 years, you know, whether it's Guanajuato Silver that's doing that or somebody else, you know, we'll see. I'd, I'd like to think that it's going to be Guanajuato Silver for a long, long time. I've got very little experience in Mexico, but I've, you know, I've um, seen some operations in Peru, these mesothermal things, which kind of go down. And um, typically these private family owned companies would have a year's reserve in front of them or a year's mine life. And um, because you don't really want to drill them from the surface, you just kind of, you go ahead following your nose, so to speak. Um, now for a public company, you can't operate on a year's basis. Um, Am I right? I'm, I'm just trying to get my head around the numbers and kind of how much um, mine life you've got ahead of you. So if you're doing 30,000 tons per month um, times 12, that's 360,000 tons per annum. Um, you've got indicated resources of 508,000 tons, I think. Unless I've, um, you know, I'd, that's kind of you're, that's we're kind of looking at a year and a half. You know, what's the process of making sure that you've got that kind of that feed ahead of you, which is entirely kind of logical and probable in terms of the geology, but you've still got to go and do that work. Yeah, so I will take a crack on that one, James, if you allow. Yeah. So what, what our plan is, and the part of our mantra, it's by the end of this year we have to have uh, twelve months in front of us, okay, of res uh, resource mineable resources. By the sorry, uh, sorry. In the last year, we have this uh, these twelve months that we have the certainty that we have right now in front of us, okay. And we have even more. By the end of the next year, we're planning to have two years in front of us of mineable resources. Like, well, I don't want to say the word resource because it's so wow, careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, yeah. why I'm saying mineable resources, okay. And yeah. by the end of the the following year, to have between three to five years in front of us, and just keep rolling that one. And the idea, as you said, is you have measured and indicated, but you have the inferred. All the inferred, the 100% of the inferred, you will not, that, that will not, I've never seen a company that 100% of the inferred goes into the equation. But yep. if we take out 60% as of that and start adding that according to the mining plan, mm -hmm. but the, 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 the exploration drilling campaign that we're planning to do of over 25,000 uh, meters this year is going to allow us to do the infill, but also keep finding more ore so we can put it in the inferred categories and then start just working that normal process on the mining side of M&I and inferred that they're just depleting, but adding at the same time. We've got three drill rigs turning right now. Um, um, what, we, what we published about a month ago in a news release was that we'd be doing 22,000 meters worth of drilling this year. Um, I can tell you that, you know, that that will likely expand towards 25,000 um, meters worth of drilling this year because we, we've already established some of the additional targets. Um, one of the drills is working at Villapando in very much a, a, an infill, 
you know, expansion kind of kind of capacity. One one of the drills has just started at the Santa Cecilia area, which has been, which which was I don't want to say ignored, but but underinvested in with the previous owner because that they felt that the the narrow veins there, um, just that you know couldn't provide enough tonnage. They weren't interested in. They're very good grade historically. Some of the best grades at El Cubo, um, and there's. I mean, there's tar- there's just obvious drill targets. Uh, you know, when you when you uh, put a section together, put a plan map together, you go, well, how come there's no drill holes there? So you know, we'll be uh, we'll be starting that within the next week in that particular area, and then we've got our own drill that we bought last year that um, had some pretty good luck early on last year at, at Pinguico. It's drilling from a different setup uh, to start 2022 into a, an area that's further north in the mine. And we've got, um, I think, I think it's eight drill holes planned here for the next two and a half or three months there. Um, and then, they're not, no, it's, um, you see in, in Mexico, if you drill from surface, then you need a permit, right. but if you, but if you drill from underground, you really don't. And so this drill setup, Merlin, I mean, as an exploration geologist, you would love it because we, uh, yeah, you, you, you only need to be about this far underground to not need a permit. We're at least this far underground. Yep. So there's a there's another uh, access, um, you know, an, an older access that the old timers use to to mine Pinguico. We've got the rig set up in there, and that's that's where we'll drill this fan of um, of eight holes. And, and also, and, and I know, sorry, sorry, Ryan, go ahead. No, just to compliment that is that drill that we purchased has been uh, handmade or custom made for this particular mine. So you can feed that drill in a drift that is uh, two by two. It can fit it. So, you know, the old workings are normally that size. Uh, so that is really helpful for us to, to fit that drill in there in the conditions that James is mentioning. And yeah. uh, it helps us to reach some place instead of drilling 500, 700 drill, uh, meter drill hole. It's only yeah. 200 meter drill hole. Merlin, let, let me just add one more thing, if I could, because uh, I know uh, some, well, a lot of the, 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 the crux viewers uh, over the last you know, number of months have been watching Guanajuato Silver. Um, you know, one of the things that I was promoting uh, certainly early last year was our ability to be able to drill to Beta Madre, which, you know, has a, a storied history. It produced uh, 1.2 billion ounces of silver over, over centuries. Um, that structure will almost assuredly cross onto the Pinguico ground and where it comes into contact with the Pinguico vein system, you know, that is a really exciting drill target. We've had different ideas over the last 12 months about, you know, how we might best drill it. Um, and also, of course, we've just, we, we put on hold a while back, looking at that target as we put El Cubo back into production. And, you know, I, I think you can appreciate, well, you know, that was, that had to be our, our focus. Um, but we will likely get drill permits within the next 60 days to drill for Veta Madre. We'll drill those uh, holes from surface. And from the most southern southerly part of our claim boundary, or of our claim of our claims, um, because the, the the claims sort of angle south and east towards Veta Madre, so we'll be we'll be closer and closer to that uh, structure. I love it. It's called the mother load, you know, the mother vein. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a certain yeah. expression like for about thirty kilometers that you can see this structure. Like it's a it's a regional feature. And where the where the old timers like at, at the old mines of Valenciana and Reyes and Cata, about ten kilometers to the north, 
Uh, they were producing in the 1700s about 40% of, of all new silver in the world at that time. It's certainly got the, um, it's got the heritage, it's got the mineral endowment. Um, <clears throat> are you going to be able to fund your exploration from the operations? Is, is, it, is, it, is it integrated yet? What we're planning to do, the answer is yes. What we're planning to do is to be as much as cash sufficient. What I say to James, I don't want to ask money to Canada. We can do it in here. We can do, we can work uh, all the operating costs as much as the CapEx with the, with the, the initial CapEx that is the, the big thing in the, internally. And uh, that, is, that, 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 will, that, that is the answer. I don't, I don't want, to, I don't want to, to, to ask money to, to, to James. Okay, but so it's, it's, it's the desire, but not the hard plan. It's the hard plan. We're EBITDA positive right now, Merlin. Um, within, the, within the next you know, two months, uh, our revenue will cover all OPEX and all CAPEX expenditures for the year. We do have um, a $7.5 million loan outstanding that, that we need to uh, address. Silver keeps going up like this. We can address that all out of, uh, all out of cash flow as well. Um, um, but that's, that's the only thing where we would have to you know, add additional capital. And we've already been in discussions with our, our lender um, to, to just to basically extend that loan into the future somewhat uh, to ease uh, the, uh, the pressure on cash flows as we get into the fall. Okay. Gotcha. And to just, just, just for, for my understanding, just I'm, I'm just kind of gradually getting my head around, you've got these three development headings. You've got these well, three, three operating centers feeding you 30,000 tons per month. You've, I've just seen you've been buying in some third party or is that just to kind of, you know, what's, what's the story, in, the story behind that? Is, a, is that a sustainable source? Is it more profitable to run your mill at a higher throughput rate? Um, I'll, I'll talk about the 4,000 tons and then I'll let Hernan, uh, you know, talk about the, um, uh, the, the profitability and, and, you know, whether, whether we want to run the plant, uh, you know, a little, a little um, more towards capacity. So uh, we obviously have excess capacity, you know, to the tune of about 15 to 20,000 tons a month um, through our, through our mill. We got the first chance. And again, you know, that this is only, you know, five or six months after restarting the plant, we got the first chance to, to uh, in this case, buy third party ore and process it uh, at our plant. So we took advantage of that and we made a big news release about it and kind of put the we're in, we're in business in Guanajuato sign out there. So there's a number of other opportunities, other places that we can get uh, third party ore, whether that's toll milling or us purchasing raw ore. If it makes money, then we're, then we're interested. Uh, that particular 4,000 tons uh, we've already processed, um, made into concentrate and sent, uh, you know, and sold that concentrate. So that worked very well. Hernan, uh, what do you comment about you know, doing more of that in the future? Yeah, my, my, my take on that one, it's uh, as you ask a question, for inter an interesting question. Is that profitable? It depends on the grade of the, what you're feeding because at the end, it's a balance of not putting your, or, your own ore, your tailings capacity, but also the profitability. You're not uh, pushing the, the, the mining group so hard so you can get some free ore. It's a balance. It's not just a straight answer of that one. The, the, the most accurate answer will say it depends on the grid that you're feeding. Just to give you an idea, as soon as we did, and James said, like, if we put a sign of a, we're processing third-party ore, we have several miners just approached to us saying, hey, guys, is that possible? How can we do that? 
And uh, at this point, as James mentioned, we're in this stabilization mode still. That was a particular uh, scenario that we did with for our neighbors and uh, for that particular reason. But now it's something that we will start looking as a potential business strategy because we have a spare capacity. That Can we do it? The answer is yes. Do we want to do it with certain constraints and assumptions and implications? Yes, probably it's, 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 a, it's a potential uh, opportunity. I guess you've also got to think about um, the reputation risk, you know, kind of the ESG component, the safety, you know, what's, what's, what happens if there's an environmental liability on an operation that you don't have control on? It's, it's, it's provenance, really. It's, 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 you, you've got to take a look at how they are operating and that you're comfortable buying all from them. Exactly. And, and, and that is a uh, tie to liability, as you mentioned. So it's not just like, hey, I can process or no, no, no. It's, we send our team there to understand first the mineralogy, to, to understand how is uh, the geology working, also to understand the safety practices, everything. Because at yeah. the end, uh, there's a potential liability there that uh, if it comes, we, we, we have to have the support to, to, to push back or something. You know? So it's, yeah. it's, it's a tricky question. It's a tricky uh, item. Uh, but we're not close, but we're not saying that we're going to do it straight away. It depends on the different circumstances. Okay, so so it, it, that's a little sidecar, but really the main business is your th- your three operations, yes. expanding the resource, um, drive, you know, pushing out that re- um, mineable resource, as you call it, nice phrase, um, you know, out to one and a half to two years. And James, I mean, how do you see the company being appropriately valued? I mean, I know that a CEO will always say that the share price is going to go up and that um, there's there's huge value. That's obvious. obvious. (laughs) (laughs) um, The share price is going to go up and I I cannot believe how grossly undervalued our shares are. Yeah, yeah, I think think every CEO, um, you know, has to to frame things like that. I think um, with, with regards to Guanajuato Silver, um, I think number one, I think that our shares in 2021 performed materially better than just about anything in, in the marketplace outside of a real discovery story that, you know, that where, where their shares took off because of a new discovery. Um, development stories and production stories, I think whether they're bigger than us or smaller than us, uh, I think that our shares perform better. So why is that? I think it's because we principally delivered on time, on track, on budget, what we told people that we were going to do. So that's good. I think we've got a number of months in front of us to be able to sort of consolidate our gains, to get smarter and wiser about, about how we're mining at these, these different areas, about um, you know, some, some, some resource expansion and some, um, and some real discovery at Penguico, I think, is a, is a, um, a very viable, you know, a, a real possibility. And then the other possibility that I've been talking about since, you know, since we started on this project, um, Guanajuato is a 450-year-old mining camp, and it's divvied up. Ownership of claims, old mines are divvied up. Hernan is, uh, went to the university here, uh, got his uh, mining engineer's degree here. When he was going to school here, there were 11 mines in operation. Today, as we speak, I guess it's, well, I guess it's three if, if we count, if we count, Ping, Ping, if we count Pinguico and El Cubo and Bolonito yes. and Deborah's other mind. So, so I think that there's, I, I continue to think, and I've stated before, Merlin, um, there's all kinds of, of potential 
for expansion in in this area. And I think I think um, consolidation in the mining business in Guanajuato um, is a very real possibility. We're called Guanajuato Silver for a reason because we want to drive that consolidation in the industry. Yeah, great. Thank you. Um, when I look at these kinds of companies, I always try to see what the risks are. And I kind of think to myself, well, narrow mine, narrow veins. And then uh, Hernan describes the, the mining method here. And I think, oh, that's interesting. That's kind of flexible and dynamic. Um, another one, I mean, I ask out of ignorance, um, you know, grade variability on the, on the structure. I know that these have been mined for hundreds of years, but do you see significant grade variability? Do you see mineralogical variability where you suddenly get to a bit where you can't recover the silver or can't recover the gold or it's not there? You know, what's that picture like? Yeah, for the, the geological side, it's uh, there's a great variability for sure because it's a prothermal vein. It depends on the plunges. And uh, if that happened uh, 100 million years ago in the morning or at lunchtime, and that's when we just talked to the geologist. But what we're doing in there to understand and to to ensure quality control, we have uh, cheap samples or the failed samples every three meters. So we have that understanding of the of the, of the working phase, okay? And uh, and that, that 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 will tell us exactly which places it pays the cutoff and which places doesn't pay the cutoff. Then an important thing to note, and that is something that hopefully us in 20, 30, 40 years down the road, or not us, or other people, with that information of the blocks that didn't pay the cutoff that we're using that as a backfill, they can go back probably 50 years uh, from now and start the extraction of that broken material that probably at that time it will pay. The same thing that we are everywhere in the world doing right now for thing that it was, uh, it was uh, mined 50 years ago. That is on the geological side. On the metallurgical side, that is, uh, that, that, that is a component of the free gold that we have in the Santa Cecilia. That is uh, one of the things that we are, our investigation, the uh, metallurgical investigation department is, uh, is working pretty hard uh, and uh, to, to understand how can we increase the recovery of Santa Cecilia from 80% that we have right now, one, two, three, four, five percent on the Santa Cecilia particular material, you know? And that is really interesting to note in there because it's, uh, as James mentioned, the investigation, the R&D is extremely important not just in the space, uh, in the space uh, business, not just in the medical business, in every single business, and the mining industry is one of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I want to I say just one other thing that complements uh, something that Hernan was talking about, and I think that for your audience, you know, whether they're technical people or, or you know, just smart investors, uh, they'll, they'll be able to appreciate this. So, you know, we're, we're in, in terms of grade control, you know, like super important for these epithermal systems, right? Variable uh, grades, absolutely. So we're taking channel samples every three meters for sure. But we just built our lab in November. In December, we were able to do about 150 samples a day. Today, we can do 400 samples a day. So now we've finally gotten to ourselves to the point where we can take all of that information, turn it around real fast, and that has a, an immediate impact on grade control. Good. Um Thank you so much. I, I, I understand uh, the, the company so much better now, which is the, the whole point of doing this, this, this conversation. Um, and I've seen time and time again that the companies that do well, the share prices that kind of keep going up are the companies that do what they say they're going to do. And starting from a modest uh, production base, you can grow. So keep, keep delivering. Keep those exploration rigs going, and um, and good luck to you. Um, 
is you know is there anything that I've missed? Perhaps things I you, you want to talk about that we haven't spoken about. But I'm I'm excited about the 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 steady state. You know, getting getting that sustainable deliverable cash flow to fund the exploration. I'm, I'm excited about to hear what you're you're going to find during the course of the year. Uh, Ernan, any last comments for the the viewers out there? Yes, for sure. Uh, one, one last comment that I would like to say is like the entire operational team is Mexican. That is something that, uh, as, as James mentioned, even in, in the Canadian offices, uh, there is uh, almost half of the, the people is Mexican-Canadian as well. And that is so, that, that, that is so uh, important for us to be proud of that uh, a Mexican team that is 100% operational is delivering, is achieving the goals. And uh, that it will not come without the support of the board and without the support of James and the support of the entire management team everywhere in, the, in, in, in Canada and investors and even in Mexico as well. So that is quite important to note and, uh, and how the, the Guanajuato as a 400 years of history of mining has provided a lot to the world. Now it's providing a lot to the, to the Guanajuato silver uh, with a lot of people that has been getting up from the mining school that is working right now in, in, in our company. And uh, yes, it's, 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 kind to be, it's something to be proud of for sure. Thank you. James, um, as you mentioned earlier, you know when when you're a public company, there's a there's a, a lot of constraints on on what a, a person can say about things. Uh, Ernan and his team are working on a number of different things that we're you know that are working out well, but we're not really comfortable about discussing. This is an excellent forum, and these are excellent questions, Merlin. What I'd really like to get to, what to to do is to get back with you, um, you know, in sixty days or so, and uh, you know maybe refocus the conversation on a couple of other uh, things that we're working on here right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd be quite keen to dig a little bit more into the exploration and the geology side of things and um, just, yeah, keep keep digging. Fantastic. Well, and, um, you know, as, as you know, there's always a, um, a good rivalry between thinking of the geologists and the mining engineers. So uh, ne next time what we'll do, uh, as well as have Fernand on, is we, we might have Lauro Barahan, who's in charge of our geological exploration on board and, you know, some of the um, uh, exploration and... Uh, and uh, you know more more theoretical questions regarding the the, the whole evolution of the of the epithermal system. Um, uh, Lauro uh, would you know would be happy I think to be able to engage in a conversation like that. Yeah, great. No, we need to, uh, we need um, the Anans of this world to deliver, um, but in tandem with uh, the the Lauros as well. Exactly. That's that's what makes the team. Great. Nice talking to you. Thanks so much. Cheers. Thanks again for the opportunity. Bye bye.